0: Is it time to buy an AR rifle? If you're buying an AR rifle in Central
1: Florida, get the highest quality for the best price when you buy direct from the manufacturer. That's what you get when you buy an Arms Room AR rifle or AR pistol. Made by veterans and first responders, people who know what it's like to have their lives depend on the rifle in their hands. The Arms Room AR rifle is made right here in Central Florida with the highest quality materials and standards. And now is the time to shop the Arms Room today and get great prices on everything in stock. Check out their vast collection of handguns, shotguns, hunting rifles, Liberty Gun Safes, Arms Room AR Rifles, and AR Pistols. The Arms Room is a full-service gun store and always has new and pre-owned guns on sale, as well as the largest selection of Liberty Safes in Central Florida. The Arms Room on East Colonial Drive, a quarter mile west of the Bithlow Raceway in beautiful downtown Bithlow. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Or always open online at armsroom.com. Get your Arms Room AR Rifle or AR Pistol today.
0: Welcome back to Arms Room Radio, where we promise to bring you all things gun, all the gun time. My name is Mike, and I'll be your guide for the next two hours of this uh, holiday program. Uh, hey, listen, before we get started, let me introduce my fellow patriots today, because you know the saying, can't tell the players without the scorecard. On my right, the right-hand man, the great, 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 great great grandson of Daniel Boone. Please welcome him back. His name is Earl.
2: Dr. memos, lead a workshop. Remember
3: birthdays good to be back good to be back
0: how are you doing get all the old uh, the old uh, Christmas shopping done and
3: uh... Uh, wait a minute yeah she's listening so yes I did yeah there did. you go very good. Very, good very
0: good very good yeah listen I, I I've uh, I've got a bunch of stuff too that's the uh, oh listen uh, there was a there was a snowstorm in Tennessee and the shipping with the, with the guy it'll be here in uh, January you know yep, so yep, yep a couple of I, couple I can of, back you up on that got a couple of buys there on that one Uh, and on, on my left, uh, guarding the door, the legal ninja. Wait a second. Where's, where's, where's Kevin, 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 the the courtroom, Kevin, play his music. Let's see if that works. Nope. Still no Kevin.
3: No, still
0: no Kevin. Well,
3: a, that, that usually works like Pavlov's dogs. It he does. That and he you start playing running. that song, yeah, he, he shows up.
0: Um, Kevin, as we went to go sit down here to uh, do the program with you today, uh, got a phone call on the old uh, the old uh, wireless there, and uh, <laughs> and they, they came they came a calling, and uh, it was one of those, uh, you know, gotta go guys, got got a client in, in need, and so when you hear this telling you about, uh, you know, this is his cell phone number, it is, you know, <laughs>
3: it's, it's the same one we have yeah. for him.
0: Yeah, exactly right. Oh, Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> Who's that? Oh, l- listen, Kevin's not here, but lucky for us, ladies and gentlemen, the chief law enforcement officer of Arms Room Radio. It's Lieutenant Bill. One out twelve. One
2: out of twelve. A four-fifteen
4: man with a gun. One out of twelve. No warrant.
2: Lincoln X-ray. Item 40.
0: Police search warrant. <laughs>
3: yeah, right.
0: There. Hey. Hey, is that uh, are those sugar
5: cookies? Are those sugar cookies? <laughs> <laughs> they better be donuts.
3: <laughs> sugar
0: donuts. There we go. Uh, how are you doing today, uh,
5: Lieutenant? I am doing great, and it is great to be here in person.
0: Yes, it's very very nice to have you. It just happened to work out. We uh, uh,
5: Lieutenant
0: Bill was going to be sitting in with us with all of us, and uh, you know, having 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 a, having a foursome, you know, which which uh, usually means more alcohol. But uh, you makes know, for good golf. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's good golf. Definitely good golf, and. Kevin had to leave, so it works out. He's, he's sitting in uh, Kevin's chair. There's a little room on the left and right of him inside that chair, but <laughs> yes,
5: yes, there, there's, there, there's quite a bit more room.
3: <laughs> makes makes room for the duty belt.
5: That's yes, yeah, exactly right. And Wait, there's you say even with belt? the duty belt, there's more room. <laughs> <laughs> yep,
3: these uh, these
0: these wings on these arms on these chairs. Mm-hmm. See, Kevin's the only one here that gets a lazy boy in the studio, so it's it's nice. <laughs> it works out. But you know, he's a lawyer. He negotiated his own contract, so you know, I'm over here on a
3: wooden now. Stool. How does that
5: work when he negotiates with himself?
3: Oh, it's, um, we can't show it's, the video. It's the personified win-win.
5: Yeah. <laughs> listen, we can't show the video because it's a family
0: show, but, uh, yeah, yes. he, uh, he's able to take care of it. He's able, he's able to make things happen. Um, so, so listen, we're, we're, we're joining you this holiday program. We got some special things planned for you. Um, Lieutenant Bill's here. And like I said, uh, hopefully, I don't know, Kevin may be back by the end of the show. I do not know, but, uh. Uh, you know listen he's a he's a lawyer he's get paid by the hour he's going to be there the full time you know you pay him he's going to be there so and in the spirit of the the holiday season he might have been wearing a santa hat maybe he shows up gives gifts you know he's kind of got the beard for it he does have the beard he does have a little little bit of beard little he's got the santa summer beard you know like the the, the the nice white goatee with a little bush to it there and it's 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 nice it's nice it's good on him it looks good on him
5: well does he have the belly full of jelly
0: uh, it's probably... He, he's working on it. Yeah. He's, of not having yeah, it. Yeah, he's working on not having it. And okay, he's doing good, very good. good. He's doing very good. Um, hey, um, before we jump into the program, uh, I, there, was, there was one story. It's not a big long story. I just wanted to talk to you about it real quick. Did you gentlemen see the, again, another one of these uh, attempted uh, murder slash suicides at an indoor
5: gun range? Yes, um, I believe we were talking about that
0: earlier. This... This is the reason I don't go to indoor gun ranges, and I'm not trying to disparage indoor gun ranges and say they're not safe. But indoor gun ranges, to me, are uh, are just it's bad juju. You know, if you, you know what I'm saying. I, here's my my biggest fear is that I'm in the gun range, and I'm at the uh, you know I'm in, at the far lane or whatever. Or I'm at the first lane. It doesn't matter. I'm I'm in I'm in one of the lanes, and you're wearing your headphones. You know, you're you're popping off rounds. You got your your glasses on there, and so if somebody came in there and started to shoot themselves, shoot other people, how would you know?
3: Yeah, it's all going to blend in.
0: Right. Oh, the noises, the sounds, everything's fine. So maybe perhaps you catch something out of the corner of your eye, you hear something you know, weird, and you look back. And now what do you see? You see somebody laying on the floor, bleeding out probably. And then there's somebody else standing there with a gun. Okay, well, m- maybe it's this murder-suicide that, that we're, you know, the, the one we're talking about today. Or... Um, maybe it's an accidental discharge or uh, maybe these two got into a fight, but that's my fear is now you step back and you've got a gun in your hand and now you point the gun at the guy holding the gun over the guy laying on the ground with a gun, with a gun, or maybe he doesn't even have a gun. Maybe he dropped the gun. You don't know. You can't see if he's got a gun, but you know, there's at least one guy with the gun and then one guy on the ground. So you step back with your gun and you go, Oh man, what's going on here? And you go to at least cover them. Now the guy in the lane next to you goes, Hey, what's going on next door? Because he sees you move out of the corner of his eye. And he comes out, and there's a guy pointing a gun at a guy pointing a gun at a guy. And now he points a gun at a guy, pointing a gun at a guy, pointing a gun at a guy, pointing a gun at a guy. A at a guy. And now the guy in the next lane goes. I, I, I
3: can't keep up. You've lost me already.
0: <laughs> the guy in the next lane pulls out and goes, oh, man. There's a guy pointing a gun at a guy. And now the, the range staff sees what's going on. And you come in there, and there's eight guys. It's like a Tarantino film. There's you know there's eight guys <laughs> pointing guns at each other. There's a guy on the ground bleeding. And now the police show up. And a bill you walk in the door and there's eight guys in there pointing guns at each other. You know, what what do you what do you do? I mean, you, you order them down, but you know what you do? I know what you do. You point your gun at the guy pointing the gun at the guy pointing your gun at the guy pointing your gun at the guy pointing the gun
5: at the guy. The you ground. Drop back and punt.
0: Yeah, exactly. This is this is this is my fear and this is why it's tough for me to go to one of those places. So uh, if you do end up with the uh, with that new firearm under the tree like we talked about and you're going to go to a range. Bring a spotter. Yeah, take a spotter with you. No, it's true. I mean, you, maybe you leave them standing to the rear. Well, you know, if you bring the, a spotter, table. if you have a
3: spotter at the gym, yeah. you should have a spotter at the range. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. But unfortunately, probably most ranges don't understand that concept.
0: Right, yeah. And, and,
3: and they, uh, they,
0: they they don't know that your reason. And you can't go in there and say, well, what's my guy for? Oh, the, it's for murder-suicide. You get the hell out of here. You know, <laughs> you can't say that. Um, so, just be careful. Outdoor ranges, I like. You know, besides, you could stretch out your your, your skill set on the outdoor range a little bit more. Indoor ranges, they let you do a little more uh, of the rapid fire, though. But it just depends on your range. Um, hey, listen, we got it. We got a we got a great program planned for you. What we're doing today is uh, we're, we're pulling some favorites. We figure end of the year, uh, you know, I've been wanting to hear some of these interviews for, for a long time. And we got some favorites we're going to be pulling out. I mean, we're still here. Don't get me wrong. You know, just communicate with us, to us, uh, send us email traffic, uh, you know, to give us the old Facebook and, and all that. So we're going to be introing some favorites and we'll be commenting on them. And um, uh, we look forward to you hanging out with us uh, this holiday weekend. I know... Besides, I'm here all by myself, so why not? I have my CERT training pistol, and when practicing your draw from concealment, CERT is the safest and only way to go. CERT training pistol? I've heard about them. They look like a Glock,
7: but they don't fire real bullets. Saves you money, huh? Yep, it sure does. How do I get mine?
4: Log on to nextleveltraining.com armsroom and order yours today. The safest and easiest way to train in your own environment. Get ready. Stay ready. With the CERT training pistol. Go online right now to nextleveltraining.com armsroom.
7: Ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle? Then you want the tactical excellence of Gun Tech USA. Gun Tech.
8: 425-454-7012 That's
1: 425-454-7012 You're listening to Arms Room Radio live from the Caltech Studios If you want to talk to the guys go to armsroomradio.com and find out how Arms Room Radio is on the air live coast to
0: coast now, here's Mike. The following segment is brought to you by Next Level Training. Check out Next Level Training and the CERT S-I-R-T training pistol at nextleveltraining.com. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. We're coming to you live from the kel studios. Well, you knew this was coming. Here's one of my favorites, Lieutenant Colonel Allen West. Hey, listen, you no know, beating around the bush. we got a guest on the line. We want to get to him uh, first off here. Uh, on the line with this is retired Lieutenant Colonel Allen West from the uh, U.S. Army. He's combat veteran, former congressman from Florida's 22nd District, and currently the executive director for National Center for Policy Analysis. Colonel, welcome to the program.
9: Good to be back with you guys, and hopefully you had a great Thanksgiving.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir, we did. Uh, I hope uh, yours was, was, was fantastic as well. Did you get to spend it with family this time?
9: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, had fried turkey and a fried ham and all the fictions thereof.
0: Oh man, we'd uh, we had uh, we had one at uh, my relative's house, and then Kevin here, my partner, uh, had, we had one at his house. So we we barely made it into the studio. It took a few extra minutes, that's for sure.
9: <laughs> you Got a little food coma going
0: on. Sure, I sure did. I sure did. I got I got me some uh, some. I got the turkey sweats yesterday after eating so much. Uh, <laughs> uh, sir, I'd like to you know start off talking to you about the election. Obviously, uh, you know just. Yeah. Bit, just based on the numbers that I, I saw, and i have been to you know a couple of the rallies, uh, you know, and I saw what was going on at the Trump rallies as uh, compared to the the, the Clinton rallies. Uh, you know, my my only concern there was was with the voter fraud, and I, I want to ask you about that next. But uh, you know, a little, little after action here, you know, how was how was President-elect Trump able to to get this victory? How does a guy who's never been a politician, never had an elected office, how does he beat sixteen? Are the, are the republicans brightest and, and best and then then come out and beat the democrats and become the president
9: well the first thing uh when you look at the um the primary people were looking for something new and different they were not looking for your same old politician uh because they felt that the politicians had let them down look the the republicans had the largest majorities in the House and Senate post World War II, and they still failed to deliver. And as I told some of my former colleagues up on the House, on Capitol Hill, I said, y- "If you guys had been doing what uh, you know the people elected you to do uh, in the past two years since you got in the Senate, you would not have this Trump phenomenon going on." Now, what happened when it comes to the you know the general election? Uh, Hillary Clinton had no message. I mean, she was basically saying, I'm going to continue on with the same failed policies of Barack Obama. She couldn't talk about foreign policy with the Russian reset, Libya, Syria, uh, the Iran nuclear debacle, and everything else. She couldn't talk about domestic policy, especially in October, when all of a sudden people got those uh, health care insurance policy Uh, renewals and they saw their premiums going up so there was this this phenomena of we are tired of the corruption we're tired of the cronyism we're tired of the elitism uh, and they chose donald trump they chose to give someone a chance someone a chance because they said we we're tired of politicians yeah and that's that's
0: exactly how i think we we took it is that they were tired and 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 wanted to take a chance with somebody else. Even though he's the billionaire, Donald Trump, he's still uh, different. He's an outsider, and and that's what I think they were looking for.
9: He he was a blue-collar billionaire. uh, I had someone tell me when I was up in Michigan that he could relate to people. And he was channeling their anger. And the thing was, the 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 inside-the-beltway pundits and everyone, they were looking for someone that's perfect and that says all the right things and has the carefully measured message. The American people are tired of that. They're they are tired of people that come along and have these talking points and they have these poll-tested messages. This guy just went down and basically talked to the American people, and he withstood an incredible barrage that tried to just bury him, uh, and it really sought to anchor the American people, even more so, when they were being called, you know, deplorables, irredeemables, racist, sexist, homophobes, Islamophobes—all these things that the left continues to call people, as if they did not get the memo.
10: Do you think that backlash, Colonel, from the media taking that position actually fueled the Trump election engine?
9: Huge, hugely so. I mean, if you looked at the faces of you know the media on ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, MSNBC, they were in shock. As a matter of fact, I think they're still, well, they're more angry now, but they were in shock election night because you know the posters got it wrong, but they believed the posters. And when they saw the quote-unquote blue wall that was falling apart, you know, when she barely won Virginia, she loses Florida, she loses North Carolina, she uh, everything's close in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, she loses Iowa, and then the next thing you know, he takes Wisconsin, Michigan, and, and and Pennsylvania, and it's over. And they thought that this was just a coronation. They could not believe that the American people stood up and said. You know, we have a republic, and we're going to fight to keep this republic, and we don't need to continue on with the fundamental transformation of America.
0: Yeah, absolutely, sir. With my only concern with, with the whole election was, was the fraud going into it, and I know you and I had talked about it in the past, mm-hmm. uh, and we talked about it offline, and, and it's my personal belief that, and, and I've seen it. I've seen it at the local level. I've never been up at the federal level, as you have, but I, I've, I've seen the the offices coming back with oh the, the late midnight vote and here or we found a box of a thousand uh, absentee ballots we didn't realize we had oh, and now yeah. the election's gone the other way and i i really i think that him bringing it out 2 3 months ago put that in the nation's eye because i i, I really believe mm-hmm. that a lot of people didn't say anything about it over the past two terms from uh, from president obama because they were again afraid for the to be called uh, a racist well you you're just saying this now because you're a racist
9: yeah, you're absolutely right. Racist or sexist. And the yeah, thing yeah. was that he put it out there. He he got the warning signals up. He brought the attention to this guy named George Soros, which if you knew inside politics, baseball, you knew who George Soros <laughs> was and the type of things that he did. But all of a sudden, Donald Trump put him front and center. And even more so, uh, he caused people to go out and be on the lookout for any shenanigans at the polling station. There, For the first time, you had a lot of people that say, hey, I'm going to get out and I'm going to volunteer and I'm going to keep an eyeball out for this because I don't want this to be taken away. You, you remember in 2012, well, I remember what happened in my election. Right. When you had 114% voter turnout. You know, I, I thought you could give 105% effort. I didn't know you could have 114% voter turnout, but... <laughs> when you had precincts in Philadelphia that Mitt Romney got absolutely no votes. Yeah.
4: A statistical I mean, impossibility. Is those, yeah.
9: Yeah. It's those type of things where people said, okay, we're not allowing this to happen again.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, that's exactly uh, what happened this time. It, it, it's, it's a, uh, it's awareness. I think that you, that it was that you're right when when he when he came out and he said that and put people on notice. I know we'd been talking about it on the program and it's one of the things we're telling people: don't just go out and vote, get involved and keep your eyes out, mm-hmm. watch this stuff. God. Um, you know it was. are
9: no, absolutely right. The the, the, the and, thing and,
0: we found out down in Broward County was from law enforcement standing there going, "Hey, what are you guys doing? You know, those those are absentee ballots you're filling out there."
9: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's so important because, you know two years ago they tried the same type of shenanigans in the gubernatorial race Broward County is the, the, the most blue county in the entire state of Florida and so you knew if there was you know some nonsense was going to happen in the state of Florida it was going to be between Broward County Palm Beach County and St. Lucie County and, and I know all three of them very well <laughs> uh, and they have you know reprehensible individuals who are the supervisors of election there and so they all got caught Brenda Snipes, Susan Booker. And uh, Gertrude Walker. So, hats off to the people. This, you know, I, and, I, and I saw this in the uh, his acceptance speech, his victory speech. He realized that the people won this. This was not about him. The, the people came out and said, "We want something better for our future. We want something better to pass on to our children." And it stops right here. And you know, this was kind of like the uh, the second American Revolution that was done at the ballot box, which is exactly what should happen.
0: Yeah, that's that's exactly what I what I believe it was uh, because that there'd been all sorts of uh, you know nonsense going on with her, the things that she wanted to do, and and, and you're right, there was no message other than uh, the one that we we would focus on here was was that she believes the Second Amendment was not an individual right, and that she was going
9: to take no, care of that. Yeah. Yeah, she was going to eradicate it. I mean, she was going to look at how she could increase taxes on you know weapons purchases. She was going to seek to overturn. You know, it's funny. I mean, everyone was talking about you know the abortion case Roe versus Wade, but here she flat out said that she was going to seek to overturn you know Heller versus uh, D.C., which establishes you know that that you know reaffirms the Second Amendment, not that it should not need reaffirming.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 amazing. Like you said, the difference between the Second Amendment and then Roe v. Wade. How the uh, you know, what's good for the goose is not good for the gander. There, they just, they, you know, they could they could interpret how they want to. Yet, uh, yeah. it, we 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 could ignore the obvious of her saying. And it wasn't a quote. It wasn't it wasn't somebody heard her say. It's it's the video of her saying it. You know, on multiple mm-hmm. occasions.
9: So, mm-hmm, um, absolutely right.
0: Sir, so we're, we're coming up on a break. We we, we we got you for any more time today, or are you got to run?
9: Yeah, we're going to have another segment. I'm outstanding. Just putting up Christmas lights.
0: <laughs> <laughs> outstanding, outstanding. All right. Well, we get back to the program. We're going to be uh, joined again with the Colonel Al West. Check out, while we're away, check out uh, alanbwest.com. He's got his new book, Guardian of the Republic. You can get that Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iBookstore, IndieBound. Uh, and uh, and we'll be back with the Colonel after the break. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from the Caltech Studios. We'll see you then.
11: ROOM RADIO.
1: Is it time to buy an AR rifle? If you're buying an AR rifle in Central Florida, get the highest quality for the best price when you buy direct from the manufacturer. That's what you get when you buy an Arms Room AR rifle or AR pistol made by veterans and first responders, people who know what it's like to have their lives depend on the rifle in their hands. The Arms Room AR rifle is made right here in Central Florida with the highest quality materials and standards. And now is the time to shop the Arms Room today and get great prices on everything in stock. Check out their vast selection of handguns, shotguns, hunting rifles, Liberty Gun Safes, Arms Room AR Rifles and AR Pistols. The Arms Room is a full service gun store and always has new and pre-owned guns on sale as well as the largest selection of Liberty Safes in Central Florida. The Arms Room on East Colonial Drive, a quarter mile west of the Bithlow Raceway in beautiful downtown Bithlow. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. or always open online at armsroom.com. Get your Arms Room AR Rifle or AR Pistol today.
0: Hi, this is Mike and I'm
1: You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the kel Studios. If you want to talk to the guys, go to armsroomradio.com and find out how. Arms Room Radio is on the air live, coast to coast. Now, here's Kevin.
10: This segment of Arms Room Radio is brought to you by Gun Tech USA. For tactical excellence, check them out online at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A dot com. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. You're listening
0: to uh, Arms Room Radio coming to you live from the Caltech Studios. On the line with us is retired Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, U.S. Army retired, uh, combat veteran, former congressman from the Florida's 22nd District, Currently the executive director for the National Center for Policy Analysis. Uh, thank you for hanging on there with us, sir.
9: Oh, too easy. No problem. How are you all?
0: We're doing good. Doing good. Uh, hey, sir, if, uh, not too long back you wrote a, you wrote an article, great article, uh, about the Secretary of Defense making all the jobs in the military gender-neutral. Uh, asking the question, if we have a gender-neutral military, why do we still have separate men's and women's Olympic sports teams and separate men's and women's uh, you know college and pro sports? I thought it was a great a great analysis th- that you did there, a great comparison.
9: Well, it makes no sense what they're doing, you know, between Secretary of Defense Ash Carter and the Secretary of Navy Ray Mabus, you know, disregarding all the combat studies that the Marines have done. So you just have to ask, what is the, the goal and the intent of, you know these folks that are currently running our you know defense department and what do they really want to achieve and, and see happening because they've decimated our military capability and capacity but yet we continue to hear all this talk about you know paying for you know gender reassignment surgeries and you know making things gender neutral and you just this is not part of the the, the core competencies of the defense department and again as we talked about in the first segment this is a reason why Barack Obama and, and Hillary Clinton, they lost because this was part of the legacy that people did not want to see continued.
0: It, it brings up the point when I, I was thinking about it and I saw the article that we, we, we now have uh, the, the gender neutral as the DOD and the, and the Department of Navy are, are calling it, but, but we continue to have these separate, separate physical training standards for men and women. So you can have the same job, but you don't have to do as many push-ups as the guys have to do.
9: Yeah, I don't understand why, you know, you can't have infantrymen, you can't have artillerymen, just artillery people. Uh, I guess we can have village people uh, what have you, <laughs> but it's, it's just insane to me. But again, this is the focus of the progressive socialist agenda. It is about this social egalitarianism. It's about social justice that they see. Uh, and and they're really not concerned about, you know, what's going on with ISIS. Furthermore, they think that the greatest threat to, you know, the world, and, of course, the United States, is global warming. It's not, you know, Iran, Russia, China, North Korea, or Islamic jihadism. So these are the reasons that, that came to a head on November the 8th and why Donald Trump was successful. Now, of course, the key thing is to put in place a defense team that is going to be able to, you know, turn this uh, this thing around.
0: Yeah, and there there have been some uh, some really uh, really great names uh, tossed around here. Looking forward to seeing who the uh, you know the final appointments are um, with with the new administration. And once the appointments are in place, do you, does this social experiment that that's become our military does does this stop or you know? And and if so, do they just stop it or do they start rolling the clock back a little, start doing a little you know a little self check of well, wait a second what's going on here?
9: Well, I think that they have to get back focused on, like I say, your core warfighting competencies. I, you, you've got to build a 21st century military that's able to meet these non-state and state uh, belligerent threats that you have. You've got to look at how we shift from this you know, nation building to get back to what I call strike operations and a uh, power projection military instead of a forward-deployed military. you got to talk about reforming our acquisition and, and weapons procurement system, which is where we waste a lot of money. Yeah, and if anything, you got to look at reducing the uh, DOD bureaucracy. Uh, you know, there are more people that are working in the Pentagon than are out there you, you know, going and shooting and, and chasing bad guys. And so we've got to turn that around. We've got to better compensate our first-term troops. We should not have, you know, young soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines that are out there, you know, drawing food stamps. Uh, 84 million food stamps were spent in defense commissaries two years ago. So, you know, you've got to have someone that's going to come in, take the bulls by the horns, say, you know, this fundamental <laughs> transformation, it didn't work in our military, we're not going to do this. we got bad guys that need to, uh, you know, be, Meet the the pointy end of the uh, M4 carbine. Uh, we got to move on from
0: there, uh, sir. I, I don't think people understand. We saw we saw the the president elect on on, uh, on election night get up and thank the NYPD by name. He thanked the Secret Service by name. That immediately immediately brought pride uh, amongst the ranks of law enforcement across the country. With with things that are going on with law enforcement, and again they're they're. they're they're being killed for for terrorist domestic terrorist uh, you know outcry and policies that are that are taking place and that, that our president is if not standing up and saying I'm approving he's sending people to their funerals as as support uh, but this is it's had the same effect his election in the military it's a the, I mean soldiers, sailors Marines, Airmen immediately stood up and started walking with their shoulders back again going okay mm-hmm. okay we we're, 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 we're done and, and, and this is over with and and, and prides come back um, could, could you I mean how do you describe that to, to, to the citizens everybody that's not never worn a uniform what this level of pride is that's being felt again
9: and look it's the exact same thing that happened when Ronald Reagan uh, became president after the 1980 election uh, and Jimmy Carter was sent home. Uh, it was a completely different atmosphere in the military uh and you know those of us you know like me who you know getting our commission we were looking forward to going in and when we saw all of the the true investments uh as it should be provide for the common defense that reagan made and the fact that he was standing up for us you know like you remember when uh we had the the iranians were harassing our and and they uh, what was it, the, uh, the, the landmine, the mines that they put out there that hit one of our U.S. Uh, warships. Yeah. You know, we, we went we went to battle with the Iranians. It was the largest naval engagement in 1988 since uh, World War
0: II. Yeah, the, uh, the, so, the line of death in the Gulf of Sidra.
9: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And so instead, I mean, we've had our sailors on their knees. We've had our ships harassed you know, we, we've had, you know, Bo Bergdahl, all of these things that have caused so much, you know, angst and anguish for our military. Now they feel like, Hey, you know, we, we, we got a better day coming. It's, it's going to be morning in America again, like Reagan talked about. And I have friends in the military and they were saying, Hey, look, we don't know if we can hang on if, if Hillary Clinton becomes the president, because who, you know, who is going to trust a person that, you know, abandoned Americans to die. And they lied about it as the commander in chief. Oops. Oh, by the way, we got one of those sitting in the white house right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's great pride, and, and the comparison with Ronald Reagan is, is 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 spot on. It's exactly the way I feel, the way everybody else has felt. Uh, you know, I've, I I sit and I talk with the uh, you know current members, former members, officers, enlisted, you know, senior NCOs. Everybody's the same way. It's it's you know it's it's uh, it's walking with your head up again. We're not looking at the ground anymore while we're marching. That's right, um, sir. Uh, That's right. Um, Lieutenant Clint Lawrence uh, sits up there in Fort Leavenworth, convicted on these two counts of second degree murder, one count of a. Uh, attempted murder, serving a well now a 19-year uh, ser- uh, sentence. Uh, uh, the general,
2: uh, yeah, General, uh, general Clark, Clark
0: community year. Yeah. Yeah. year, and and now it's been almost two years that his appeal is sitting up there at the Army Court of Appeals. Now that new evidence has been found that prosecutors withheld the crucial evidence. Uh, sure, is is this something? Because I, I see what the administration's doing now. They're they're popping up new, mobile you can carry guns on post now. You can carry concealed on post. It's almost like they're trying to correct all the wrongs in the past, you know, in the last two months.
9: It's too little too too late. I mean, you know, this goes back to 2009. This was in Obama's first year when we had the shooting at Fort Hood. They didn't fix it then. And so you had, you know, Carlos Bledsoe, who shot shot up the Little Rock recruiting station. We know what happened in Chattanooga, what happened at the Navy Yard. So, yeah, all of a sudden these guys want to try to act like they care. When was the last time you saw Michelle Obama and uh, Joe Biden going yeah. out to military and talking with families. They, they don't, I mean, right. these guys would just show ponies. So, you know, one of the key things is, you know, Clint Lawrence and, and others, you know, should be pardoned. And, uh, because when you think about what the military did withholding exculpatory evidence, uh, and, and given, give, putting someone in prison, you know, for firing upon the enemy, that's like giving out, you know, speeding tickets at Daytona, you know, racetrack, yeah. right. This right. is silly. And so this is where you got to get back to common sense leadership and the Department of Defense that will look at Clint Lorance and say, "Hey, young man, you're free. As a matter of fact, you know we're, we're sorry for what we did, and we would love for you to stay in. We'd love to make you a captain and love to have you continue to serve this great nation."
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's hopefully where the uh, the new administration will take this. I'm sure they'll get around to it. I don't have to worry about. Hopefully, I know it'll be addressed, and you know yeah. perhaps. Maybe waiting until the new administration for it to come in, and and the current president not just throwing a a, a, a half-ass pardon out there, or you know, or a commutation on the sentence, you know, and yeah, could be addressed he's properly. He's
9: busy with the drug offenders. Yeah. He doesn't That's, care about Clinton. He's too busy with drugs.
0: It's amazing the number. He's, he's up yeah. over you know seven, eight hundred. He's trying to trying to rewrite the uh, the sentencing not standards here. Nine, unbelievable. Yeah, sir. Thank you for joining us. Um, uh, appreciate you being on, uh, and and uh, we will we will head, get you back on as soon as we can. Um, don't forget it's ncpa.org. Check out the colonel there, alanbwest.com. Also, you can check that get the new book, of course, Guardian Republic. And sir, until then, steadfast and loyal.
9: Steadfast and loyal.
0: You're listening to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from the Celtech Studios. We'll see you after the break.
6: The Kel-Tec PMR30 is no run of the mill 22 Magnum lightweight pistol, not with its unique hybrid blowback system and 30-round magazine. So when you get a rush from that 1 millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, brace yourself. There's 29 more. Innovation. Performance. Kel-Tec. See more at keltecweapons.com.
1: now more arms room radio live coast to coast with mike and the guys and the caltech studios
0: Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. We're coming to you live from the Caltech studios. Hey, this next segment is another one of our favorite interviews. It's Meredith, Natalie, and Nathan Gibson, who we met at the NRA show this year. Our next couple of guests with us. This is great. This is really a treat to have everybody here. Uh, You guys, we've we've talked about this story before in the past. We've had this on. Yeah, um, we have with us today, we, we, have, we have Natalie Meredith and their dad Nathan with us. If you remember the story out of Iowa where some young girls, some, some, they're getting involved in shooting and competitive shooting out there. You get a family teaching them, father teaching them, not allowed to touch the pistols. Not a, it's a, it's, against it's the harder
10: to learn that way.
0: It, it is a little <laughs> harder <laughs> to shoot in the theoretical <laughs> than it is <laughs> in the real life. So uh, right right here right sitting right next to us at the table joining us uh, I'm going to go first to Nathan Nathan thanks for joining us Hey Mike thanks for having us on uh, um tell tell us about the story give us the background and, then we're, and don't worry everybody we're going to hear from the girls we're going to talk to them and and, and then we're going to get the full story here but let's let's start with Dad what how did this happen.
12: So, uh, like any father, I started at a young age teaching my daughters about gun safety. Uh, they're about five years old. I'm a hunter, sports shooter myself. And um, uh, I was blessed enough that the girls wanted to shoot. So they actually started shooting at the age of five. Well, four years later, a um, uh, little-known Iowa law uh, got pulled up by our, uh, one of our legislators, and they tried to amend it. And uh, basically it says anyone under the age of 14 cannot shoot a gun. So my daughters here have been shooting for uh, five years and I guess six years and five years at the time. All of a sudden had to stop shooting. So uh, essentially what the law says, if I let them touch a gun, uh, a, a pistol, they can shoot an Uzi. They can shoot fully automatic that's weapons, crazy. whatever they that's want. Crazy. But they can't shoot uh, at the time the Walther P-22 pistol. And uh, I would technically be a felon for just letting them touch the gun. So that's how this uh, came to light. That's 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 amazing. Now, now, that's
10: ludicrous. over
8: to
0: Meredith yeah. and Natalie. Now, how how long? Uh, we, we know your dad just told us. Yeah. That, uh, when you started shooting, was this you wanted to, or was this dad making you shoot? Was this this was something you guys you enjoyed? I could oh, tell. That's a, that's like, a big, that's big smile. That's a huge that was, smile. That was yeah. a big
10: grin.
13: Well, I, when my dad was just teaching me how to gun safety and how to clean guns, and all of a sudden, um, my dad showed me some of Cheyenne Roberts' video, my friend, and I really wanted to enter this, and I told my dad, and he signed me up.
0: That's wonderful. Natalie, what about you? Was it the same same thing when you got into it?
13: Well, actually, it's kind of a different story. I um, was watching Meredith, and I thought it looked really, really fun, so I started to do it then.
0: That's cool. You know what? There's a lot a lot of brothers and sisters out there that get into it cuz yeah, I could do it better to my brother and my sister. I could do it. <laughs> I could I could do that. Um, what do, what do you like about it? What do you guys what do you guys like about shooting? What's the, what's the best part?
13: Well, I get to learn new things and new friends when I go out for a competition. I usually compete against other people and I get to meet new people and I like just it's just so much fun.
0: That's that's really great. That's <laughs> wonderful. Now, but you guys can't shoot with handguns or pistols in in the state you live in. How do, you, what, do you, what do you shoot in Iowa? What are, what are you able to shoot in Iowa?
13: Uh, I'm allowed to shoot my AR-15 and my 12-gauge.
0: Hold on, hold on. Dad, they can shoot an AR-15 and they can't shoot a 22 pistol.
12: That is correct. Uh, okay, all right, okay, go ahead.
13: So normally me, me and my sister and my dad, we usually go out to either Missouri or even uh, Illinois.
0: You've got to go to different states to shoot pistols.
13: Yes.
10: Uh, did, did you she say 12-gauge shotgun? Yeah, 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 she did
0: say 12-gauge shotgun, yeah.
10: You're you're a lawyer. Okay, what's I'm the, impressed. What's the deal here? This is uh, well, it's 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 called a miscarriage of justice. Okay. Uh, I think as I was speaking earlier to to this this Nathan. very <laughs> impressive father, uh, this was a civil war enacted legislation to stop children soldiers from ever having to be a risk in the future. Um, we don't really have that problem anymore. We don't live in Somalia, so having your daughter learn to use a pistol is actually the smartest thing you could possibly do in the world.
0: And, and it's like Nathan said, and it's like we tell you on here every week, it's about education. The, you know, if, if you teach them right, it's, it's not the gun in your house that you have to worry about. It's the oh, gun no. in somebody
10: else's house. Right.
0: Uh, and, and, and Nathan taught the daughters at five and six years old, four, five,
12: six years old. Yes, sir. Yeah, five years I old. I can
10: remember when mine was right into my shoulders, and she would say, Dad, look at that. You know you can't have a center fire till you're seven.
12: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
10: no center fire till you're seven.
0: No. Oh, that's that's great. Now, what's what's going on? How how are you? How are we getting this law changed? How what are we doing? What's the awareness? How do we get so so these, these beautiful girls of yours can can you could go to your local range and not have to go to Illinois to shoot?
12: Yep, that's correct. So Meredith and Natalie have uh, spent the last three years actually trying to get it through our legislature. Um, uh, they've successfully got it through the Iowa House uh, three three years in a row. Wow. Uh, Meredith and Natalie both testified before subcommittee, full committee, and watched it pass the House. Um, but every year. Uh, It gets sent over to our Democratic-controlled Senate, and um, they've talked to all the senators. They have 35 of them that said they'd vote yes out of 50. However, our uh, majority is uh, leadership is uh, pretty anti-gun, and they won't even bring the bill up for a vote. So Meredith and Natalie are doing a little bit this summer. I'll let Meredith tell you about it. Yeah.
13: Um, this summer, this summer, we're actually going to go door knocking to make sure that Steve Sodders does not get reelected in the majority leader.
0: Nice. So you're going door to door. You're going yes. door to door to rock the vote and get these get these uh yeah. throw yeah. the bums out. We're throwing the bums out.
13: Yeah. But Wait, you know it's crazy, Mike.
0: What's that? What's that?
13: People are saying that gun we people kids can get hurt with guns more than swimming and stuff like that. But I've been swimming and I got a concussion in the swimming pool. And I got a huge bruise on my leg, and I hurt my leg.
10: That's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's exactly right. You never and did that shooting, did you?
13: No, I, I've been shooting since I was five, and I never got hurt. Yep. It makes that's no it. sense how people say because that. Because we
0: started with safety and education and training. Yes. That's, and that's and your dad brought that into the house, and that was it. Oh. That's, that's, that's great. That's yep. wonderful. Now, what do the other kids at school say about you guys being shooters?
13: They actually really like how they do this, and actually my friends told me before I left to go to Kentucky to come to this, that after after when I come back, they want my autograph. Oh, that's,
0: <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Now, now, let me ask Natalie, do you guys get, like, do you get, like, extra credit in school for, you know, is it, like, count kind of sports? Do other kids just... Wow, well, you know, she's good, don't mess with her, or, you know, what What? What? what do we get?
2: Well, no, <laughs>
13: but um, our vice principal and stuff do, like, like it. Okay. Because whenever we go, like, my dad picks us up, she's like, are you going to the Capitol to help change the bill or something?
10: So, so the school staff and faculty appear to be supportive?
12: That is correct. We live in a pretty uh, conservative district in, in Johnson. We have a great representative uh, that supports the girls, actually sit on the House floor and fought for them, uh, great senator. Uh, so, yes, they're, they're very supportive. Every Wednesday they get out of school early, and they, they go up and pull out senators and continue to lobby, and they've been doing that for three years. Yeah, so. they need
10: to start looking over their shoulder because I got mm-hmm. a feeling there's a couple of young ladies going to be looking for their jobs if mm-hmm. they don't start paying attention to what yeah. they're
12: doing. Yeah, yeah a couple now, of I
10: to get them removed when we take it over
0: have a couple of young senators there in, in the house or in, in the senate there in, in iowa that's for sure that's correct uh, you guys are really really active in the in the politics and making sure things get uh, squared away and taken care of that's it's wonderful
13: hey mike can i tell you a story yes ma'am so when we were in the Republican side, there's this lady. She told us that, so this bill's technically telling us that we're going to give one-year-old, two-year-olds, three-year-olds guns in their hands. So you're technically, you're forming a toddler militia. And we're just like, no, we're not trying to, we're not trying to form a toddler militia. We're not trying to get a concealed um, carry. carry. Right? <laughs> yeah. We're All we're trying to do is go back to our sport and,
0: yeah. Keep talking. Now. She said toddler militia?
13: Yeah, she said toddler militia.
12: <laughs>
0: what does
7: this woman say? Actually, name? that's a...
12: Her name Representative Running uh, Marquette. A <laughs> She's toddler a, militia. That is a, correct. That's a, the craziest
10: thing. That's that's, that's you, like a,
12: a, a, a,
10: assault dinosaurs.
12: And
13: we're not even toddlers.
10: <laughs> no, no, they're not toddlers. <laughs> no, darling. You're not a toddler. You can feed yourself. You seem to be able to walk. I don't think you're a toddler. <laughs> and oh. uh, that's the crazy stuff. If she can hold an AR 15, she's not a
12: toddler.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. Uh, Nathan, what's the the website? The Iowa there and the NRA got together and they formed this website so you guys could get this done.
12: Yep, so we have a local uh, NRA affiliate called uh, Iowa Firearms Coalition, and they set up a a political action committee to help the girls with their electioneering. Um, It's called ifcpac.com, ifcpac.com, and this fund uh, goes totally towards uh, helping the girls uh, flip the Senate so they can get their bill passed in the Senate.
0: People can get on there, uh, show support, uh, you know, uh, you know, fundraise. If, if, if that's going on there, people can make donations to get this done.
12: That's correct, yeah. They're going to be doing more than door knocking. We've got billboards, got radio advertisements going on in a couple key districts. we only got three seats we need to, to flip. It's 26-24 right now. Right. Um, and uh, if you can't donate, there's other ways you can help with door knocking and other, other things on there that, you know, instruct you how you can help the girls. That's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful.
0: All right, let's, uh, let's make sure this happens. IFC PAC. That's IFC PAC. Ifcpack.com. Nathan, Meredith, Natalie, thank you so much for joining us.
13: Thank you. Thank Thanks you. for having us on the show. <laughs>
0: All right, that's the first hour of the program. Hey, hey listen, uh, be sure to join us back here at the top of the hour. We've we got some more great program for you. Hey, and listen, if you want to advertise on the program, we you know top of the year is coming up. we got some advertising uh, available, I think. Uh, or what's the best way for them to get a hold of us uh, for that?
3: That one would probably be email. They can send an email to radio at armsroom.com.
0: Radio at armsroom.com or go to, go to armsroomradio.com. You can see mm-hmm. all of that. And you can if you forget radio at armsroom.com, go to
6: armsroomradio.com. Maybe you'll get past the word bullpup. Maybe you'll be impressed with 11 innovations, like our patented downward shell ejection. But in the one millionth of a second it takes for innovation to ignite performance. It'll make you a believer. The Caltech RDB, the bullpup done right. Innovation, performance, Caltech.
7: Veterans and first responders always receive 10% off.
11: Radio.
0: Welcome back to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from the Kill Tech studios. Hey, we promise to bring you all things gun, all the gun time. My name is Mike, and I'll be I'll be driving the sleigh for the rest of the program.
3: All right, Christmas, all right, all right driving the sleigh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I see what you did there. Yeah, I see yeah. what you did there. Let me go around
0: the room real quick. On my right, the right-hand man, the great-great, great-great, great-great great grandson of Daniel Boone. Please welcome him back. His name is Earl.
2: Dr. approve memos, lead a workshop, remember birthdays.
0: Good to be back. Good to be back. Hey, uh, uh, thank you, thank you again for joining us. I know it's a it's a six minute break. It's just enough break to where, hey, let me see if I can do something that I don't have enough time to do. You know, it's <laughs> it's a you can't go have a, You can't go sit down and eat. You can't uh, you can't go sit down and go to the bathroom. Is that is that clean enough? Did I say that? Right?
3: Uh, yeah, technically. Yeah. Uh, but what I can do, and I did, I I drink a good amount of eggnog.
0: Oh yeah, listen. the the nog is good. The mm-hmm, nog, uh-huh. the nog. Um, uh, normally, this would be where I would uh, introduce the uh, the courtroom assassin, the legal ninja. But he's not here. He's uh he was called out uh, uh to to help a client. So, uh, folks, when we tell you, you know, and when you hear him say, "This is my cell. Give me a call. I'll be there." it, it it's true. It's true. So uh so sitting in today. Well, not sitting in. He was going to be here anyway, but uh just happened to work out. Uh on on my left, the Chief Law Enforcement Officer of Arms Room Radio. Uh please welcome back Lieutenant Bill. 1 Adam
2: 12. One Adam 12. A 415
4: man with a gun. 1 Adam 12, no warrant. Lincoln X-ray item 40.
5: Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: Thank you for thank you for coming in. This worked out rather well. So this this was uh this was a pleasant uh, surprise for the listener and uh and, and rewarding for us as well.
5: Oh, I appreciate it. I enjoyed my six-minute break. I got to run outside to the highway and turned on the old uh, radar. And, yeah, there you go. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. and I got to spread some Christmas cheer as well. <laughs> That's it. There you go. Here's one for you. Here's one, one for you. you here's and here's one for you. Making Fresh.
3: sure you got that Christmas quota.
5: That's it. <laughs> there's well, there's no quota. <laughs> I can write as many as I want. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. We
0: do
3: the PT also. We, you know, we. we
5: Kind of Got some burpees minutes.
3: in. Yeah, yeah. I like to do the stairs. It's Christmas Eve. I'm taking the elevator. Heck with the stairs.
0: Well, you're, you're a little more of that eggnog. You won't feel the pain. <laughs> um, won't feel much of anything.
5: But I then have... again, we'll have to do a little field sobriety before we oh, leave yeah. the studio. Time. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I'm not driving.
2: <laughs>
3: not that I remember.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, so, uh, any other uh, Christmas traditions? Anything else that uh, they do at the Earl House, or anything that goes
3: on over there? Uh, nothing real, real fancy. Uh, it works out nice with the families. Um, her family typically does uh, Christmas Eve, so then we have our own little Christmas morning, and then Christmas afternoon we go to my side of the family. So I just it, I got lucky. It worked out great. I don't have to do three Christmas meals a day. Yeah. You know, in, in one day it just it's a nice nice spread out of the activities and no rush, just enjoying family.
5: Yeah.
0: It's nice the way that works out. Lieutenant Bill,
5: anything you guys do? Well, D- you guys visit other police departments or anything else yeah, out we, that we 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 go uh, usually on the, the, the county wide DUI task force and <laughs> and that's always a treat
2: uh, <laughs> because you know
5: when you add holidays and alcohol, uh, it's between the domestics and the DUIs. Uh, it's non-stop entertainment.
0: Very cool, very cool. Hey, listen, making the county safe, making the state safe, making the community safer, yeah. You know?
5: And entertaining at the same yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. yeah got to
0: have fun. Exactly right.
3: You do you have any uh uh traditions in your house, Mike?
0: You you know, a lot like you, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do the uh the Christmas Eve meal will be the the traditional turkey and then the Christmas Day meal at the another relative's house will be the Italian meal that we do. But the one that I usually get to, I get asked around this time of year is the, the Mike family Christmas story, um, <laughs> and I, I don't remember oh, yes. if I've told this one here or not. Uh, we should have enough time. Let me get, let me see if I can get through this one. Uh, as as a young lad living up in New York, uh, we were, you know, we were we were city kids, and uh, I had an uncle. Is actually my great-uncle, great uncle, great uncle, great uncle Steve. Great uncle Steve would. Oh, well, he had a little farm upstate, you know, you know somewhere up near uh, you know, West Point area, Orange County area, about two hours outside the city, depending on the traffic and the snow. Uh, we'd go up there as as uh, as kids with the you know, my, my family. This is my father's uncle. Uh-huh. So we'd go up there. And I remember going up there with the whole family. I guess I had to be nine, 10 years old, something like that. So my brother's a year younger, my sister's four or five, something like that at the time. This was a couple days before Christmas. We'd literally go up there and spend the, the Christmas holiday. And he's got like a little working farm. I should say that not, excuse me, not a working farm. It was okay. a couple acres with, you know, it was, there was a, it was a, uh, you know, goat. There was uh, you know, some chickens. There was some ducks, you know, and the, you know, the, the dog that ran around. It was, you know, a little bit the, the chickens didn't have to earn their keep. didn't have to lay eggs. It was literally just go outside and feed them. And this is what they were doing in their retirement, you know, trying to be active. <laughs> um but Uncle, Uncle Steve had a, a a snowmobile, and he'd take the kids out, and he'd pull oh, us around okay. on the snowmobile, you know, either on a garbage pail lid or you know, a piece of cardboard, whatever it was, we'd hold on, and he'd pull us around. Mm. There was a lot of snow on the ground this couple of days before Christmas, and my sister had become rather attached to this, uh, this goat they had. Well, I don't remember if it was 22nd, 23rd, what the day was. We're getting ready to go back in for the night, and uh, it, it's starting to snow, oh. you know, it's... It's that time of year. Yeah, and, and you're up north. Uh, everybody goes to bed. We wake up the next morning, and the snow is, you remember as a kid, uh, Bill, you're from up north. As a kid, we said, well, listen, the, the, the snow was, was up to my chest. Well, yeah, we were nine, so, you know, the, it was a foot and a half deep, you know. You know exactly. <laughs> so we, we say now, it's you know, it's chest deep. It's five foot of snow. And, you know, back then it was it was chest deep, but it was pretty deep back then. There had been another foot or so, so it was probably, you know, two and a half, three feet of snow on the ground. And I remember my great-uncle Steve looking at my, my other uncle, my, my father's youngest brother. He'd have been about 16 at the time. Said, hey, did did you put all the animals away last night? Well, well yeah. But did you put the goat away? I thought you put the goat away. No, I thought you put the goat away. Oh, man. Uh-oh. And, and, and they go outside to look, and there's the goat standing next to the barn, uh, standing up completely frozen, solid, rigid, horrible. It's time to it's time to, g- to do something with this goat because my sister was attached to this goat and the goat is not um, with us anymore. With bro. us anymore. It's now frozen solid, popsicle style.
5: Well, it's with you. It's just. Not, oh,
0: it's yeah. It's, it's physically with us. It's not just with not us a, in spirit. It's just not spiritually with us. Yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, and uh, so they got to get rid of this goat. Well, the ground's frozen. There's nowhere. To, there's nowhere to uh, you know put put the goat. You can't dig a hole in the ground. Um, so they decide. You know what? We're gonna. We're gonna throw this goat in the in in the in the car never it was' not a truck back then this is early 70s mid 70s everybody had a station trucks. wagon oh well you, you, if you had a yard truck it was a yard truck you know it was <laughs> a work truck it wasn't anything like that um, they, had, uh, they had they had had the station wagon um, and you know what we're gonna I don't want to go over we got we only got a couple of minutes here I'm gonna're gonna you know we're gonna go through we're gonna take the break we're gonna come back. Uh, I'm going to finish this little story for
3: you. <laughs> you better not leave it hanging. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs>
0: I mean, we're going to come back. We're going to finish this story for you. And trust me, you're going to love this. Uh, you're listening to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from the kel Studios. We'll see you after the break.
6: The kel Sub-2000 Semi-Automatic Rifle is sure to arouse your curiosity not just because it's foldable and adjustable, but because it can take most popular handgun magazines. So in that one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, curiosity turns to pure adrenaline. Innovation, performance, Keltec. See more at keltecweapons.com. Hey Mike, ready to go to lunch?
0: No, not today. I'm going to get some trigger time in. You're going to the range? Nope. I'm going to train in the environment in which statistics say I'm most likely to have a violent encounter. At work. Here in the office? Or at home. Trigger time? How can you have trigger time in the office or at home without shooting up the place? Easy. With my SIRT training pistol from Next Level Training. Shooting paper targets at the range is good practice, but it's not the environment I'm in most of the time. With the rise in workplace violence, I vowed not to be a victim. Besides, I'm here all by myself, so why not? I have my SIRT training pistol, and when practicing your draw from concealment, Cert is the safest and only way to go. Cert training pistol. I've heard about them. They look like a Glock, but they don't fire
7: real bullets. Saves you money, huh? Yep, it sure does. How do I get mine?
4: Log on to nextleveltraining.com/armsroom and order yours today. The safest and easiest way to train in your own environment. Get ready. Stay ready with the Cert training pistol. Go online right now to nextleveltraining.com/armsroom.
7: Ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle?
8: 425-454-7012. That's
1: 425-454-7012. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Caltech Studios. Got a question for the guys? You can call, tweet, email, or message them by going to armsroomradio.com. Now more Arms Room Radio live coast to coast with Mike and the guys and the Celtech Studios.
0: Welcome back to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from the Celtech Studios on this fine holiday weekend, gentlemen. Thank you for uh, thank you for coming back to the program. Thank you, thank you. You're uh, welcome. No hey, we were telling the uh, the Mike family Christmas story. If you if you didn't catch it on the, the first side of the segment in New York. Here's where I left off. In New York, a 10 years old uh, relative's house. Frozen goat. Okay, does that cover it? Did we get it? <laughs> pretty, yeah, pretty much. Pretty, pretty much. much. So we have this frozen goat, and they want to get rid of it before my sister wakes up. She's, she was attached to the goat, a little goat. It's, a, it's not like a full-size ramming goat. It's one of them half-size pygmy goats kind of deals. And they were outside playing with each other, pushing on each other. So hop in the old station wagon, the old Vista Cruiser, and... Uh, <laughs> the family truckster. Yep, yeah, yep. That's it. That yeah, was the family yeah. truckster. Roll them up. My great uncle is driving. My uh, my uncle, the 16-year-old is in the passenger seat. I'm in the back seat, and I'm turned around looking at this goat. And, and this goat is laying in the in the back of the station wagon, and it's laying there like a like a cartoon, all frozen with its legs sticking straight out. You know, it's like a like a giant, you know, piece of ice just just froze up. And it's still it's still be you know, a little bit of snow on the ground. It's still going still going pretty good. And we're going to take it to the dump. And again, I'm not in this decision-making process. I'm, I'm riding along. And I see the two of them talking. We're in the decision-making process there, and they're going to the dump. Well, we get to the dump, and if you've ever heard Arlo Guthrie's song, Alice's Restaurant, yes. the dump is closed on Thanksgiving. Well, evidently, in upstate New York, when it's snowing around Christmas time, the dump is also closed. So it's no joy. And, and again, this is not... You know, for those of us listening in the South or any place that doesn't have the snow on the ground, you can't just go dig a hole in the ground. There's, you know, it's frozen. It's frozen. (laughs)
2: The Uh, the
0: ground and the goat. So there's nothing to do. There's no there's no uh, convenience stores with dumpsters back then. Dumpsters were not something that were. At every convenience store like you have now. And even in New York, to this day, they're not there. That's a union job. You just put the bags out front, and the guys come and pick up the bags of garbage. There's not there's not the dumpsters everywhere. Dumpsters are more for construction site kind of stuff. And, I mean, they're literally driving, trying to figure out what to do with this. And we pass a church with a life-size nativity scene out front. <laughs>
3: oh, no. Oh, I don't like the sound and, of and, this. And, and,
0: and they look at each other with that, yeah, we're doing this. You know, that that, that, <laughs> that look on their face. And, now, it's not it's not a... There's not actors there. It's not a. It's not an active, uh, you know, uh, exhibition. It, they're just
5: life-size characters.
0: It's not a live
5: and, action. And world. they're all frozen, too. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, well sure. I mean, it's, you know,
0: it's snowing outside, but, you know, there's the manger, and there's the wise man. little and, frozen baby Jesus yeah, out there. Ex- Exactly right. Exactly right. A little eight-pound, four-ounce four ounce frozen, frozen baby Jesus.
2: Jesus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um,
0: and we stop, and my great-uncle looks at my uncle and just says, you know, do it. And... <laughs> gets out of the
3: uh, no discussion no, yeah was kidding.
0: it was it with the italian do it yeah do it do it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gets out and he grabs the goat out of the back and he goes over and the camels are right there and the manger's right there and he just takes this goat and just plop right down in the ground you know it's sitting there up to its uh you know maybe right at the bottom of its uh, goat belly i guess you know standing there in the snow next to the goat or next to the camels and everybody else and left it and it was great and and i thought that was the end of my Christmas story. Until a couple of years back, I'm telling this story, and uh, my uncle, the one that was 16 at the time, says, "Oh, you know what happened after that? Wait, right? there's more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what happened after that, right?" And I go, uh, "No, what happened after that? Well, you know, it was a uh, was big snow year, uh, and there was snow on the ground pretty much till March up, uh, you know, and upstate, and." They take those decorations oh, down. No. <laughs>
2: oh,
0: After no. you know, about the middle of January, they take them down. And, well, you know, when you take down your decorations at the church, and it's probably the same place as at home, you, you put that stuff, uh, you put that up in the attic, you know, or, or basement, but there was no basement at the church, evidently. And so they took all that stuff down and put it up in the attic at the church. Oh. <laughs> and this thing would have stayed frozen the whole time it was out there. And then they put it up in the attic at the church. Now this wasn't the church my relatives went to, but I do hear story that come around March, April of that year, they had a funk in, in <laughs> coming from the attic <laughs> of the church that they were unsure where it came from. So, uh, hey, you know, uh, what are you gonna do? You know, right? You know, what are you what are you gonna do? But.
5: Uh, <laughs> obviously it wasn't a union job. It no. been done right?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. Um so that's the uh it's the old Mike family Christmas story. And and again, I for many years I told that story and didn't know the end to it. I thought the, it was the end, but like Bill said, wait, there's more. <laughs> you know, there, and,
3: and that's It's like a sham wow. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's and that's and that's what we got. We got we got some we got some more story out of it. But uh, um hey, uh, again thank you for joining us this this holiday program. We're doing so we're doing some favorites here and uh, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to surprise you. I'm going I'm I'm to roll right into this one and let everybody take a listen, and, uh, and, and then we'll see you at the we'll see you at the top of the segment. We'll be we'll be back. Hey, uh, on the line with us we have Lieutenant Bill. Lieutenant Bill is the Chief Law Enforcement Officer of Arms Room Radio. How are you doing today, Lieutenant?
5: Gentlemen, gentlemen, how is everybody doing?
0: We're doing good. We're doing good. Hey, listen, before we get too much into this, I got a question for you. Yes. What military sword would you take into battle?
5: What military sword would I take in the battle?
0: Yeah, think about. It. I mean, we've, you know, I don't need an answer right now. You can get to me at the end of the. Uh, you got to set some segment. parameters. Well, I'm just curious if he had one off the top of his head. Some people do, you know. I, you know I'm, he was a, I'm a long sword guy. I'm a machete guy. Uh, I'm a... You
5: know, d- d- off the top of my head, I'm sorry, I, I would have to take cavalry saber.
0: There we go, cavalry saber. There we go. Thank you, thank you, Lieutenant yeah. Bill. He, he would just like that. He would <laughs> this cavalry saber. This is, this is the 20. only thing he's been trained on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay hey um did you get a chance to I'm sure you did because you so pointed it out to me uh, you see this story coming out of the uh, DC
5: <laughs> yes yes I did sadly sadly so it's, it's kind of uh, fitting, because
0: last week the lieutenant bill was off at the academy doing some teaching and 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 then here's a perfect instructor issue that come up in the, in the police world so go, go right ahead sir the microphone is yours in,
5: in DC we had uh, a 30 year veteran sergeant for whatever reason, thought it would be a great idea, grabs grabs an officer, says, uh, go over there, empty out your weapon, uh, clear it, make it safe, put it in your holster. And what I want you to do is I want you to walk in a roll call uh, where there's 20, 30 other of your brother officers who, by the way, uh, are are fully armed, uh, rounds in the chamber, ready to go. And I want you to walk in there. I want you to pull your, your empty duty weapon out. And I want you to pull it at them, and I want you to dry-fire your weapon at them uh, as many times as you can. And this is going to be a training exercise on situational awareness and active shooter training. Uh, And this officer, uh, okay, Sarge, never thinking that, A, uh, this is an illegal order, uh, B, this is a bad idea, because what would I do in this situation? Uh, and, and, And does it which leads to a a whole bunch of problems when the officer goes in there and does it. Allegedly, there's one officer that is hospitalized due to stress because his brother officer in uniform walks into roll call, pulls out his weapon, and starts, for lack of a better term, starts firing at at him, Uh, but the weapon doesn't discharge. Bad idea all around. Now, the D.C. chief who... (laughs) we all have various opinions about is trying to back away from this and try to downplay. And well, you know, there's, there's a lot of different versions of this coming out. Why don't we just, everybody just calm down and let's, let's, let's wait until we get what actually happened.
0: Yeah. She's, uh, she's clearly never heard the, uh, the phrase, uh, captain of the ship before, you know, she's, yeah. she's laying blame down with everybody else here. And this is, uh, you know, listen, you set the command you're as the boss, you set the command atmosphere. You know, the only reason this kind of thing happens, it, this wasn't a one officer isolated incident. This is a senior supervisor with other senior officers in a patrol room. The only reason this kind of thing happens in your agency is because that's the command atmosphere you've set forth.
5: So, yes, this is this is the environment that you have allowed to, in my opinion, that you've allowed to fester. Yes, uh, within your within your command structure. I mean, th- this is a thirty year veteran supervisor that thought that hey, this is going to be a great idea. Yeah, let me do this. Uh, this is something that is that in in my almost 30 years of of law enforcement experience that you do not do outside of a training environment
0: bill thank you for joining us again um we'll get you back on uh hopefully we will see you next week
5: hey welcome back that's one of my favorite
0: lieutenant bill segments there back when he was first with us on the show which is weird to say because he's sitting across from me right now so uh, but anytime we get to go after chief kathy lanier it's worth revisiting Hey, for those of you out of town, i got a little treat for you. Kevin's not back yet, and this is one of the commercials we play in Florida for him. So when this is over, you'll hear music, then regular commercials, then we'll see you after the break. Is it time to buy an AR rifle?
1: If you're buying an AR rifle in Central Florida, get the highest quality for the best price when you buy direct from the manufacturer. That's what you get when you buy an Arms Room AR rifle or AR pistol. Made by veterans and first responders, people who know what it's like to have their lives depend on the rifle in their hands. The Arms Room AR rifle is made right here in Central Florida with the highest quality materials and standards. Now is the time to shop the Arms Room today and get great prices on everything in stock. Check out their back selection of handguns, shotguns, hunting rifles, Liberty Gun Safes, Arms Room AR Rifles, and AR Pistols. The Arms Room is a full-service gun store and always has new and pre-owned guns on sale, as well as the largest selection of Liberty Safes in Central Florida. The Arms Room on East Colonial Drive, a quarter mile west of the Bithlow Raceway in beautiful downtown Bithlow. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Or always open online at armsroom.com. Get your Arms Room AR Rifle or AR Pistol today. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the kel Studios. Got a question for the guys? You can call, tweet, email, or message them by going to armsroomradio.com. Now, more Arms Room Radio, live coast-to-coast, with Mike and the guys in the kel Studios.
3: The Fallen Hero segment of Arms Room Radio, is proudly brought to you by MaxLawOrlando.com. The Fallen Heroes segment of Arms Room Radio is proudly brought to you by MaxLawOrlando.com.
0: Army Specialist Dane O. Carver died December 26, 2005, serving during Operation Iraqi Freedom. Carver, 20, of Freeport, Michigan, was assigned to the 1st Battalion, 125th Infantry Regiment, Michigan Army National Guard, out of Saginaw, Michigan. He was killed when his Humvee came under attack by enemy forces using small-arms fire in Kaladia, Iraq. Carla Halwerda, 23, and Carver's fiancée, described Carver as an adventurous person and wanted to wanted to make a difference. He often spoke about the danger of patrolling in Ramadi, a Sunni Arab militant stronghold. Carver, a former football player, graduated from high school in Midville in 2003. Carver's sister, Kristen Jameson, said he was proud of his work in Iraq, and worried about his men when he was on leave. I think what he'd want people to realize is that a lot of good things are going on over there, she said. Despite a lot of negativity about the war, the guys over there are fighting for a good thing. His father, Don Carver, said, He told me I want you to be proud of me, and I am, his father said. He died honorably, he died serving his country, he died so other people could be free. Army Specialist Dane O. Carver, you are not forgotten.
10: If you have any form of legal question that you think you'd like to speak to an attorney about, you can reach me at maxorlando.com. You can reach me by email at kevincmaxwell at gmail.com, at the office phone number 407-480-2179, or on my cell phone at 407-467-4960.
0: And now here's another one of our favorites, our interview with Mr. Alan Gottlieb from the Second Amendment Foundation. We have with us on the line, Mr Mr. Alan Gottlieb. Alan, are you with us?
14: I'm with you. Good to be with you all.
0: Great. So thankful to have you here. Thank I, you so much for being here. i got to tell you, we ran into Alan, uh, he's a friend of a friend, out at uh, SHOT Show a couple weeks ago, and he agreed to come on the show, and we've all been dancing around like little girls, uh, waiting for the opportunity to have him on. Chairman of the Citizens Committee for Right to Bear Arms, founder of the Second American Foundation, uh, board member of American Conservative Union, president of the Center for the Defense of Free Enterprise, uh Books, books like Guns Rights Affirmed, Gun Rights Fight Back, uh, Rights of a Gun Owner, Second Amendment. Just, I mean, all books we have on our shelves and we've read. And it's a, it's a real thrill to have you here. And please, thank you. We thank you very much for joining us today.
14: It's my pleasure. And thanks for that nice introduction. Appreciate the kind words.
0: Alan, we were um, we were when we were out in Vegas with you, we uh, we had a, we had a, we had a good time. I want you to know that only one of us caught your cold, so there's just be no guilt involved there. Alan was fighting that pretty well, and uh, and and he was fighting it like like a like a trooper. One of the one of the things that I know Second Amendment Foundation does is is, is fight for our Second Amendment rights. Uh, nationwide, I know you're based out of D.C. or, excuse me, I keep saying D.C. You're based out of Bellevue, Washington, but you were your latest fight is taken up with one of our, one of our good friends. She's at the top of our police chiefs list. We have a list in here of police chiefs around the country we like to keep our eye on, and number one is Chief Kathy Lanier.
14: Yeah, well, this lawsuit we just filed in Washington D.C. this past week, known as Ren versus D.C. It's really part of a series of suits we've done with D.C. You know, we were involved with Alan Gora with an amicus brief in the Heller decision. Uh, and then we filed with Alan Gora, who's won the two U.S. Supreme Court cases for gun rights, uh, a case known as Palmer versus D.C., which challenged their ban, absolute ban, carrying a firearm either open or concealed in the nation's capital. And we won. And uh, the judge uh, knocked out the law. And D.C. then came along and passed a new law which isn't much better than the ban, because, in effect, it is a ban, <laughs> ban when you only give out, you know, I, I, you can count the number of permits they've given out so far on less than two hands. Uh, and so we filed this case, Wren, because they're really not, quote-unquote, giving out permits the way the judge's order was written. And basically they've come up with this new thing that you have to have good cause. And good cause in Washington, D.C. means that you have to be pretty much under an imminent criminal attack, that your life is in danger right then on that, on the spot, you have to prove that you're more in danger than the average citizen in Washington, D.C., or they won't give you a permit to carry. And so most people get rejected. So we were waiting for some people to get rejected, and then we got three individual plaintiffs who were, and along with the Second Amendment Foundation, we filed this new suit, and we got lucky it got assigned to the same judge who ruled for us favorably in the Palmer oh, decision. love oh,
2: that stuff. That's
10: great news. Yes.
14: Yeah. Well, we also have, by the way, a motion to hold the city in contempt for violating his order in the first case to begin with, and uh, we're waiting for him to rule on that as well. So I feel like we've got really good representation and re- a really fair judge. And I'm really looking to slap DC down again. And we're just not going to let him get away with it.
0: No, you, you absolutely can't. Uh, you know, otherwise they will. We've followed again what's going on in DC for a while, and you, you heard the you heard the the gun lawyers in the room here laugh when you said you got the same judge. They know what that means. Yeah, we yeah. <laughs> uh, We've uh, we've followed her, and, and and we've joked in the past that that. you're right with the imminent threat. They're taking no credence whatsoever to previous. Your home could have been burglarized five times. You could be the victim of a sexual battery by unknown males in the area. Yet, unless it's happening to you now, they're not going to give you a permit. It has to be imminent, happening to you now kind of threat.
14: Yeah, and one of our plaintiffs was turned down because not only was it, he couldn't couldn't show that he was under an imminent threat. He couldn't show that all his family members were uh, under an imminent threat as well. They wouldn't give him the permit unless he could show that not only he was being, you know, threatened, so to speak, but so was everybody in his family. Now that makes absolutely no sense.
0: No, that's that's that is ridiculous. They, uh, I, I know the other portion of the law we we, we we read that they're gonna you you can get your permit, but you have to go through. Uh, I forget the length of the class. It was I think it was a. T- 12 hour class? Yeah, 12 hour, 12 hour, 14 hour class. I don't have it in front of me, but they had yet to approve anybody to teach the class, and the class is not being taught.
14: That's correct as well, and you have to pay high fees. You have to go through a long waiting period to do it. You know, fingerprints, all kinds of stuff. They make you hoops you jump through, not just not just a background check. Uh, they're trying to make it next to impossible to give out any permits, and their hope is to give out as few as possible. And, and quite frankly, it's now going to it's pretty much on track that they will give out less than a fraction of one percent of the population will ever get a permit in Washington D.C., and that's just not right.
0: That is that is absolutely not right. So so what's what's the next step here? I mean, obviously it's with the judge. What's what's the process? I, I, I'm looking at my lawyers in the room here. What what happens next here, guys?
14: Well, our process yeah our process at this point is is that the city has to respond to our suit, uh, and then the judge will set set up a calendar of to file motions uh, and or any discovery that might be needed uh, and then move the case forward. But he still also has the other suit, and we've moved to consolidate both of them for the Palmer decision as well because ha- we filed a motion to hold the city again in contempt for not obeying with his first order. So we'd like to try to get both the suits consolidated to begin with so that it's all, quote-unquote, under one umbrella with one judge, uh, and I think we'll be able to get that. It, l- it looks like we're on track for that. Unfortunately, sometimes things move kind of slow. Get our original decision in Palmer; it took us over five years to overturn the Washington State ban on carry. Period. Uh, we had had two different judges assigned to the case, and finally, finally, what happened is the U.S. Supreme Court stepped in, and and, and Chief Justice reassigned it to another visiting judge because nobody locally would w- would rule or let us go to court. We filed it, and we we're sitting in abeyance, and it took us over five years to get that decision. People should not have to spend five years in court to defend their constitutional rights.
10: Alan, is there any chance that that you're going to get rotated to another judge this time, or do you think the judge that ruled last time is going to go ahead and take it up and have it heard?
14: Well, considering the fact that uh, we got the same judge a second time, which could only have happened one of two ways, a random draw, and we just got lucky again, or the uh, appeals court pretty much, uh, the chief justice there in D.C., assigned to him because it's a related case to the other one and want one judge to do it all rather than starting over from scratch again. No. There's no doubt, this judge will hear it. I, 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 we're in his court now, no, and no matter what DC will do.
10: Alan, you, we know you've got a lot of base listeners in, in your state in Washington, and we had a lot of the guys from Washington out with us at Shot Show, and I was wondering if you could tell me how things are going on 594 out there.
14: Well, on 594, of course, to make any changes, this is the bad initiative that was sold as a background check initiative. It goes far beyond background checks, and in fact, it makes any temporary transfers or loans to guns, to your hunting buddy or shooting buddy or whatever it might be, handsomely hand a gun, you're basically breaking the law if you didn't go to a gun dealer and get a background check and pay a fee first, and then reverse the process and pay it again to get your own gun back. Uh, two ways to fix this, obviously. One is legislatively, and the problem there is in the first two years, because it was passed by the people, thanks to millions and millions of dollars spent by Michael Bloomberg, uh, you need a two-thirds vote to make any changes. You're also getting a two-thirds vote in both chambers of the legislature and getting the governor to sign it, it's not very good. As a result, the Second Amendment Foundation has filed a suit in federal court challenging the vagueness of, of the law and, and, and the parts of it that cannot even be complied with. It just goes so overboard. And...
1: Now, more Arms Room Radio, live coast-to-coast, with Mike and the guys and the kel Studios.
0: Welcome back to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from the kel Studios. And now the second half of our interview with Mr. Alan Gottlieb, the founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. What what can the the local person do, can the the Second Amendment supporter do out there to, to help?
14: is funding these lawsuits the Second Man Foundation currently has about 30 active lawsuits right now in federal courts all across the country our legal bills run between eighty and ninety thousand dollars a month right now so anybody who can go to our website at saf.org at samalphafrank.org or just put Second Man Foundation in your browser and our website will pop up make a donation or join would be much appreciated because we can't do this without everybody working together pulling and pulling on the rope in the same direction
0: we're definitely behind you with all of this. We're going to be pumping the Second Amendment Foundation. It's going up on our website. We're going to talk to our local affiliates, see if we can't get it up on their websites also. We definitely know what it takes. And unfortunately, it's come down to a, a money issue with the likes of you know, Bloomberg and Allen and everybody else out there that think just because they have the, the money to do so, they can get their way, and which is unfortunately what's happened so far with 594. So I know we've got a big listener ship out there in Washington State. So we're pushing it with them. We're pushing it here locally. Our, our local org. I know uh, we've talked to them, and they're tied in with, with you as one of your as one of your uh, partner organizations also. So we're definitely definitely 100% behind, and we're going to be pumping the Second Amendment Foundation here for you.
14: Well, thank you very much. It's much appreciated because if we don't do this all together, we're going to think separately.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Tell me, how many – how many times a week living out there with these people do you end up banging your head into the wall? I mean, it, it seems like they, they keep popping up uh, out there in Washington State. I, I don't understand why they're why they've they've chosen I'm your getting, state.
14: And I, I can't. I couldn't quite get the question. You broke up on me.
0: No problem. You uh, living out there in Washington State amongst these people that supported 594. How many times a week do you find yourself just banging your head into the wall?
14: Oh, maybe every day. <laughs> I mean, we we're getting a lot of bars for so A lot of people are realizing that when they, when they voted for it, they voted for a background check. They didn't realize what they really were getting that was in addition to the background check. Because all the 30 to sixty second sound soundbite commercials that Bloomberg and his billionaires ran didn't talk about what was really in the bill. They only talked about background check. And, you know, most people are for background checks. The problem is the devil's always in the details and what's contained in, in, in the bill itself. Now they're finding out, and
0: they're not so happy. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's the problem with the money—they bought the ads, and they yeah. put in them what they want, and, uh, and 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 all you see is background checks are good, and background checks are good, and none of us have a problem with background checks for buying firearms. That's never been the issue. It's been, it's it's been the uh, you know the the, the backdoor registration and, and making criminals out of average gun owners.
7: One of the and, problems that we have in Florida is uh, that the headings and the readings of the uh, amendment that's on the ballot is not very complete and people think that they're voting for something they have no clue what they're actually voting for cuz they haven't read the whole bill
14: that's exactly right we have you know a ballot title uh, that was on the you know uh, you know on the voters, in the voter's pamphlet on the ballot and a, and a one paragraph summary and a, and a one paragraph you can't summarize what's in 18 19 pages of code and and that's exactly what happens voters don't really know what they're voting for sometimes especially when you have billions of dollars worth of you know airtime being bought with a misleading message and that's what happened
10: wasn't it Feinstein that said, look, you have to pass the bill before we can tell you what's in it?
14: <laughs> yeah, actually, I think that was Nancy Pelosi. I was Pelosi. Yeah, was Pelosi. Yeah, yeah. But, well, but, but, you yeah, know, they're, that, they're cut from
10: the same too. cloth.
14: They wanted you to pass it to find out what was in it. It was definitely true.
0: Yeah, that's that's it's just amazing.
14: All right, Alan. Now, that was go- the, really, the really bad thing, real quickly, is that what happened here in Washington State has now been used as a template that's moving to Oregon, Nevada, and Arizona. And so it's not just going to affect Washington. This is this is Bloomberg's plan all across the country.
10: L- lie to the American people and buy his way into their legislation.
14: Yep. Yep. The,
0: it's 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 the knowledge is power. We've got to through the through organizations like Second Amendment Foundation and uh, and, and Florida Carry org here locally in Florida. It's 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 the it's it's passing on to knowledge. Knowledge is power key, and we need to need to spread it around amongst ourselves, our families, any I wish way we, we had can. A,
14: I wish you had a group like Florida Carry in every state, because they do a really great job in Florida, and I, and I wish more states would pick up and copy them.
0: Yeah, they're a great, good bunch of guys, and we've dealt with them here in the past, and I'm sure we'll have them on here again in the future. Um, hey, Alan, just to get off the topic just a little bit, uh, I, I noticed going through your bio that you're a collector of old handguns, if, if that's I, correct.
5: I,
14: what? Yeah, what? I, co- I, co- I collect old handguns, basically suicide specials or, or ladies' muff guns, uh, really, really small little handguns. I have a collection of a little over a hundred of them. Wow, some of them are kind of historic. Yeah. What What would you say is the most
0: your your favorite or your most historic one?
14: Boy, I can't. I, you broke up on me again, and I can't answer that question without knowing what it N- is. No,
0: that's okay. That's all right. What would you say your most favorite or historic one
9: is?
14: Oh, uh, well, I think probably my, my my favorite, most historic one that I have comes from the former royal family in uh, Russia, one of the czar's wives, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a lady's muff gun that she had, uh, and it, that's a, a, piece, a treasured piece.
0: Wow, that's – I, you know, I, I actually remember seeing on the – I think it was History Channel. I don't. Wanna, I don't know which one it was when they were doing a, stor- a story on the old czars and some of the guns like that. I had no idea that those things were even, either, uh, 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 yeah, even existed anymore, let alone available in private collections. That's that's an amazing. I well, saw that piece, or I saw pieces like that
10: at the Minneapolis gun show. There is a Colt prototype pin gun in two millimeter. Yeah,
0: those are those are some <laughs> those are some um, um,
10: amazing yeah, guns. That's a little gun.
14: Uh, the problem is all the really good collectibles cost a small fortune, and most yeah. of us can't afford yeah. to buy them. he, he wanted yeah.
10: a small fortune for that one. It's in the box. Wow, at yeah. yeah. the size of a pen knife. Yeah, those those are those are absolutely
0: amazing. Um, and a hundred of them. You know what? I can't wait one day maybe to get out there and uh, and get a, get a look at your collection. We love looking at old classic guns. That's 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 really cool.
14: Well, you're welcome
0: to. Come on out. <laughs> you know what? I, I know we've we uh, we'd been planning on getting out there at some point. We're, we're going down to, uh, we made the announcement earlier in the show, we're going to be at the uh, Crossroads, Crossroads of the, to the west, west gun show in Phoenix. Mark Walter's us to, to come sit in on his show uh, in a couple of weeks. So uh, maybe we could see about working something up and getting out there out west and in the Seattle area and taking care of uh, yes. some programming. That,
14: that's a great gun show you're going to catch in Phoenix. Uh, you're going to have a good time at that one. Looking forward to it. I've never
0: been out there. Uh, the the story we had out here earlier is it's uh, uh, Kevin and I have never been in a state or lived in a state with open carry before, so we're trying to figure out how to accessorize.
14: Okay. Well, you will love it out there. I guarantee it.
0: <laughs> thank you very much, Alan. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to having you back on in the future anytime.
14: Well, thank you very much for the exposure. I appreciate it. And, again, it's saf.org for your listeners.
0: saf.org, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Alan, Mr. Alan Gottlieb. Gentlemen, that was a great. That was great having Mr. Gottlieb on. Yes, it it was. Was. fantastic. It was. Thanks it was. for coming. Oh, that was that was wonderful. That was wonderful. We um, we uh, we we've been talking about having him on for a week or two, and finally been able to, or a week or two for a couple of months, and over the past week or two, it have finally been able to bring it together. So we're uh, we're grateful to him, and we're and very pleased that we're able to get him to the point where you guys could listen to him with us. So, and, and that's it, folks. Uh, you know, listen, two hours of a great show. Uh, we thank you for joining us another week for this. Uh, fine holiday week. We appreciate you coming in. Uh, Kevin was uh, unable to get back in here before the end of the show.
5: Uh, Hey, but if you need legal services and you do need an attorney, you can contact uh, Mr. Kevin Maxwell at the Downtown Attorneys, the office of Kevin C. Maxwell and Associates at 407 480 Two one seven nine. Oh, no, don't give the office number. Uh, his cell. Well, Look at the back. Look well, at the, the back of that the, card. You can always reach yeah, him, especially yourself. at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> he, he loves that. Get him on his cell phone at 407-467-4960 or at maxlaworlando.com.
0: Listen, and he really loves the 3 in the morning call of, hey, listen, I was watching Law and & Order,
5: and I'm curious why they did this. So, so check that out. And especially at MaxLawOrlando.com. Absolutely, absolutely. And remember, right. Kevin, every time I say MaxLawOrlando.com, that's $20. That's $20, yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Exactly at right. MaxLawOrlando.com.
0: <laughs> um, speaking of $20, if you'd like to advertise with the program, check us out at, uh, Earl, Earl said it before, it's Radio. Radio at, at arms armsroom.com. Ah, you guys are getting
3: good.
5: You that's get, where you yeah. send the email. It's radio@armsroom.com, radio at armsroom.com. And go you to, can advertise just like Kevin does at maxlaworlando.com. <laughs>
3: Come on, uh, Bill. One more time and you're buying lunch.
5: Maxlaworlando.com. There, there we go. Check us out at armsroomradio.com. And please,
0: listen, this, this holiday season, please, please exercise your Second Amendment rights responsibly.
3: Remember, okay. while you're navigating those malls, always keep your head on the swivel. And all my
5: brothers and sisters in law enforcement, keep your head on a swivel, wear your vest and your seatbelt, and always go home at the end of your shift. Happy...